There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to our final late lunch of this week. And thank God the sun came out today. What a frost this morning. Oh my word. The cars needed water actually to take the ice off the windscreen of the car. You wouldn't think it mid-April, would you? And the garden was frozen. I mean, poor tomatoes, the blue at the cold. Oh my, oh my, they really are. They turn blue, did you know that? Tomatoes when it is really cold. Anyway, I took them in last night, put them out this morning. They're like children. You have to mind them. You know, if you don't take care of them, you won't have the tomatoes later in the year. Anyway, welcome to the show. It's nice to see a little bit of heat in the air today. And the forecast is promising over the coming days as well. We need it, don't we? I mentioned Louise yesterday on the show just briefly that Mary Quant had passed away at the age of 93 the mini skirt pioneer now it's a moot point whether she invented it or not there's a French angle on it too but she really was a pioneer as you know of the mini skirt in the 60s she certainly did you know and I suppose today on the show we're going to pick up on this and I I want to know I really want to ask listeners and it's women I want to ask and men can answer as well (laughs) but if you want to but a mini skirt and a man sorry not my cup of tea Uh, anyway if you want to uh, uh, reply to me 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp or text number I want to know one, would you wear a miniskirt or are you a miniskirt wearer and secondly when should the hemline come down in other words Louise when do you think it's you time stop yeah, time to stop wearing miniskirts it, like teens 20s 30s what do you think okay uh, I think it's every woman to her own some have much more confidence to yeah. wear a mini skirt even as a even as a teenager some kids won't wear a mini skirt mm. cuz they just don't have that body confidence yes. which they should um but i think as you age look at gravity is gravity <laughs> <laughs> you know the knees go droopy and you know cellulite can appear and yes wear it but sometimes i think you know maybe it'd be good to match it with maybe thick tights. Okay. Black tights. Right. That, it, but it depends on, look at Jennifer Lopez and Carol Forderman are rocking miniskirts in their 50s and um, 60s. But we're not all like yeah, Jennifer I, Lopez. I think Carol has dropped the hemline for sure. But I was thinking Amanda Holden for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, Liz Hurley. My God, that mm. woman is incredible. Kylie, you know, in her 50s as well. You know, those women are in their 50s. Do you think it's too late in your 50s to wear a miniskirt? 
again, it just depends on, depends. on the person and okay. the confidence. And okay. there you go. You know, as said, we're not all going to be looking like Jennifer Lopez <laughs> no. in our 50s, unfortunately. <laughs> 086 658. Come on, what's your opinion? What do you think about the mini skirt age wise? Let me know. WhatsApp or text me 086 658. We have somebody waiting by. We love her on late lunch. She's the MS fashion consultant at the store in Drogheda. Lisa Smith, good afternoon again. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Louise. How are you? We are really good, but we're dying to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to us nathered in the way there. I have. Um, I have, what always. You, what, what do you think? You need to have, for me, a good pair of legs to wear a short mini skirt. So, like, if you are, like you said, Kylie, you said all those lovely celebrities, but I'm thinking, like, your legs have to be good to get into a mini skirt, don't they? Mm, I think the legs are everything. And as Louise says, that yeah. confidence, you know, the confidence as well uh, to wear it for sure. I, I, I have to say, you know, if your legs don't suit, well, it's probably a no-no. Now, what do I know? What do you say? No, I say definitely you can wear heavy tights, as Louise said. So obviously the mini skirt is in all year because you have your sequence one at Christmas. You have your denim skirt for holidays. You have your tweed one for autumn. So they're in all year. Mm. But obviously, like you'd put anyone in an office would probably put a nice heavy pair of tights. And if they were conscious of their legs, you can get them that would be just to the actual knee as Mm. opposed to the mini mini, which would be well above the knee. So there's a point we'll start from. What defines a mini skirt? How much above the knee? What are you talking about? Go on. Yeah, no, a mini skirt is to the actual knee and then going up after that is is how high you like your mini <laughs> or how short <laughs> you like your mini. So. Right, so it starts just above the knee and, yeah. you know, wherever it goes after that. And of course, you have micro minis, don't even go there. That's a different thing yeah, altogether. Micro minis, yeah. <laughs> um, and when you go below the knee, then you're into the midi skirt. Yes. So that's completely, you're, you're off altogether. Okay. Now, what about this age thing? Have you an opinion on the age? As Louise was saying, you know, really any age, if you have the confidence, if you wear the tights, as you say, if you have the pins, is age not a limiting factor, do you think? No, definitely not, because there's so much of a selection within your miniskirt. So, like, if, if, you're, if you're wearing a heavier material skirt and you're the older lady, maybe 50s, 60s, I would always say, we'll put a pair of tights on with that and we'll go with a longer jacket, so maybe a trench coat. So you're not taking the look away from the mini, but you're kind of adding a little bit onto your, mm. onto you, like to make you feel a bit more that it's not, like you can still show off the legs yes. with the mini. So you can do that, like there's so much you can do, or else if you want to. Another thing I'd steer away of is, if you're probably 40s, 50s, a real bright denim look is mm. in a mini skirt is not great I kind of go darker yeah, darker denim instead of that frayed look I think leave that to the teenagers okay yeah I think you're right I think the older you get as well there were some in recent years and probably now lovely kind of heavy especially around Christmas the tweed mini skirts they had that tweed yeah. look and that was lovely paired with tights now I I, I get where you're coming from with the with the good legs bit and all that but there's nothing I think worse than seeing somebody um with really white goose bumps <laughs> legs wearing a yeah, mini skirt and no tan. Yeah, and they've no excuse now because there's so many tights out there. Mm. The reason a lot of ladies didn't buy tights was because of the seam at the bottom. Now we've got seamless open toe, 
So there's no excuse for them not to put on a good pair of sheer, sheer tights to make the legs look tanned. And yeah. even runners with them can look really good. Yeah, sure. Well, it was last year, you know, 2000 and, yeah, 2022, there was all the tennis skirts were out with the trainers and all the girls were wearing the, like the thick socks. That was a massive trend for mini skirts. Yes. So they are, they are all year round. And, all, like, and any footwear, as, just come back to that in a moment, because like the classic look with a mini skirt is probably summertime, uh, bare legs, nicely tanned, high heels, but now mini flats, boots. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you're doing like during the day, definitely I'd go with a sandal or a nice trainer, depending, as you yeah. said, on age. But I find a lovely classic look autumn, winter is if you, I wouldn't put a high heel boot with a mini skirt. I would put a leather knee boot and it nearly makes the legs look longer Mm. when you do that. And you don't look silly like you're not able to come walk, like walk in a mini skirt. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That's not a good look. <laughs> no, certainly not. Listen to this, Lisa. Mark's been on to say, Jerry, Kylie could wear a mini made out of a bin bag and she'd look great. I couldn't agree with you more, Mark. And he I just think goes, he's right. <laughs> and he goes on to say, as for the mini skirt, the same for men wearing short shorts. <laughs> the legs need to match the look and Ooh. the occasion you're wearing them for. And that's a fair point. Very, very, right. very good. Isn't yeah. it? Well done, Mark. And like that. They have to be like, they have to look good in and feel good in themselves. Mm. You know, because we all know, all three of us here anyway, you look at someone and say, well, in your own thoughts, what the hell are they wearing? You know, <laughs> everybody does that. So you they don't do. want to get that out there. Sure you don't. You no. want to do it and do it right. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think of mutton dressed up as lamb. Sorry, I shouldn't probably have said that in the show. But you know, in your mind, you think, you know. In your uh, mind. You, you do. You things. know, people yeah. do think. But come back to the legs <laughs> because it's funny Louise mentions that. I was in Glasgow last week and uh, oh sure, look at the parties were going on all over the place as well. And the legs were shown even though it bloody <laughs> cut you with the cowl that time to be honest with you but the white legs and the mini blue like your tomatoes Jerry Lisa just doesn't go does it no it's awful awful (laughs) white legs and the mini no (laughs) nice nice time because I've done beauty therapy myself like I would be like even Holly going out with her mini I'm like Holly them legs are too tanned sort that out Mm. (laughs) and then shower off first no you have to look good make it look good in the mini but white legs and a mini is a big no. <laughs> yeah. Now you, I know, have know this. I was going to mention anyway. When Mary Quant was pioneering it in the sixties, by God, she met some opposition. She was uh, protested against by men in bowler hats and suits that said it was immoral. Oh my God! Yeah, and her had the skirts hung in her window and mannequins in in her own shop because yeah. she opened up her own shop and yeah. they were banging their umbrellas at the window as if like take that down <laughs> so I just think like wow what a woman like she really in the yes. 60s went out there and still I think she did she did invent it right didn't she or did you say someone in France well you see there's, it's a mood point there's a French designer as well like say round about the same time so what we can say for certain is she was a, an advocate for it she was a pioneer in London terms you know what I mean in Knightsbridge yeah. there and that as well she certainly was and you could argue that left right or centre but she's synonymous with it for sure uh, and you know uh, look at worn uh, as you're describing there where well, and different. This is the thing I was saying. Summertime, you know, and the bare legs tan and the high heels or whatever. But now it is, as you say, any season mini. Any season mini. 
because you have it for like as I said your tweed you know that look with the blazer to match with the big buttons kind of like a Chanel look mm. that's kind of autumn into winter and then if you see winter the minute or Christmas all you see is everybody's in a sequence sequence dress sequence mini skirt so we have them all here and then spring all your florals will start so you'll have them all gorgeous florals mini skirts and now at the minute we're actually launching all our denims so we have them in all different colours all different lengths Yes, but quite a lot of mini denim skirts have come in this year so they're really big this year again this season Isn't that wonderful to hear it really is that they're you know they're really on trend and in fashion at the moment what about the shapewear underneath I take it that's very important Oh, very. I just mm. actually had a lady in, in doing a fitting and we had her shapewear and she, the main thing she was worried about was, now I'm going to a wedding. She said, please don't tell me I'll be strangled for the day in these. Should I go up a size? <laughs> and I just laughed. No, but you have to have to have the good shapewear on, yeah. proper underwear, especially depending on the mini skirt. Like if it's a satin mini or you want to look right. Yes. Good yeah. legs, good underwear. Yeah, and that confidence yeah. uh, comes from that. The other thing about Mary Quant, while you're writ- with me, she did champion the hot pants. She did, and all the designer tights with all the colours. Yeah. Yeah. She brought in all colours and pinks. Like, that was really, really, I'm sure, a tough thing to do back then. Oh, my, uh, the time is right. There were different times altogether. I'm now thinking of Kylie. Do you remember the hot pants video? Oh, the Lord Almighty. That was in my head as well. Yeah, can't get oh, you out of my head, that my woman head, at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, her passing, and you just, you've seen it, I'm sure yourself, Lisa. My God, you know, when somebody passes on, more and more emerges about them of, of the impact they made. But this woman certainly did. Oh, she made a massive impact, yeah. Mm. And I just think, well done, girl, in the 60s to have brought them in here and kept going with yeah. the product, keeping it on her inner window. Mm. And then just, I think her stores were called Bazaar. Is mm. it her back? That's right. Bizar- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bazaar yeah. on the King's Road. Uh, yeah. She opened first back in 1955 and then into the 60s when she was involved. Also, PVC. She was into the PVC and that type of stuff as well. You know, she was a groundbreaking uh, fashion designer. She really, really was. What about skinny jeans, leggings under a skirt? What, 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 what about that whole area? Is that something that yeah. people like? No, I think that's that's definitely gone, Jerry. Is it gone? That's out the window. That's yesterday's, isn't it? I remember there was a phase of of people wearing shorts, denim shorts with leggings. Don't know. They definitely still don't do that. Yeah, so that's uh, gone. That's gone. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Mini mini is there, but it's just mini all all the way. The best for me in the mini skirt would have to be, and this this is a true mini skirt, how you know, a mini skirt is good would be Julia Robertson in Pretty Woman. They're the perfect legs for a mini skirt. That's that's how to how to describe it from me. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. There's Anna on to say, Jerry, do men not have to worry about their legs nowadays? So they're all going round in shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure men well, men don't I think worry about their legs at all, do they? That they don't, but so like like me and Louise were saying there, like you still have to look after your legs and yeah. like if if you're putting if you've got like, I was actually reading an article like, and you can get like midi shorts instead of wearing short shorts, depending on your legs. You know, mm. you don't want. It depends on how big the belly is as well. 
Yeah, I don't want to be saying it. I'm not like, radio, yeah, I'm not um, putting anybody down. And like I said at the start, it's everybody's confidence and you can't yeah. knock anybody's confidence. Mm. Yeah, it, it, no, but really you should just look good and, and feel mm. good and what you're wearing. And then, you know, like, you, you know ourselves when we put something on, you say, I don't think that looks good. Your your opinion is, is always right. Like, your gut instinct saying, yeah, that, that doesn't look good at me. <laughs> yes. So... So I would say, yeah, there's plenty of shorts out there for the men. Jerry, you're going to have to get yourself your shorts. To the knee. Yeah, I've loaded in, Jerry, And our shorts sell so fast, so you need to hurry and get down quick. Well, I tell you, when I'm on holidays, I wear shorts. Always. When I'm when we go to Italy or whatever, I love the shorts. Once the weather is warmer, anywhere we are, I, I definitely love them for sure. But uh, Ireland, you know what I mean? I, I'm not so sure. My son-in-law, Kieran, Kieran Flynn, that lad wears shorts all year round. Doesn't matter what the weather is like. He's a hardy buck, I'm telling you. I love it. Do you not wear shorts in on a sunny day here in Ireland, buddy? <sighs> Not, oh, you would. Not really, not really. I don't, Lisa, to be honest with you. I'll have to give it a go, but I don't really. You know, I, I wear li- light summery trousers. I love those as well, T-shirt and things like that. Oh, not, but like uh, a light cargo kind of trouser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, yeah. so I do. But certainly when I'm on holidays, I do. It's the only time I reveal my legs. I think Louise is the same, aren't you? Yeah, I wouldn't wear shorts in Ireland, not There a you go. She wouldn't. Would you? Oh, God. No. You'll have to come down to me and I'll... <laughs> I'll have you um, wearing shorts all summer long. You'll say, God, we should have done that a long time ago. We'll come in after closing time and then we change back. Yeah. <laughs> and we won't, we won't post the pictures for fear of crashing social media. You won't. I know. But there is some gorgeous, trendy shorts out there for men yeah. that I think they look really good in. Mm. Like yeah. with trainers, sandals, and the younger younger generation of men, like yes. uh, shorts are lovely with yeah. a boat shoe or mm. like they look really nice. Anyway, you're going great guns. Give her a shout. She's always uh, knocking around. MS in Drada. She is a fashion. Easter, I have to say, and she's a huge <laughs> following. She's brilliant and she's so good to us on late lunch as well. Lisa Smith, thank you for joining us today. And thank I hope you, you so sold much, I hope you sell loads of shorts and loads of minis yeah, over the me. coming yeah, weeks. We'll get Absolutely. You all sorted in the proper mini skirt. <laughs> thank you so much. Talk to you Not soon, at all. Guys. Take care, Lisa. Bye bye. Bye bye. Brilliant, Lisa Smith. Anyway, have you an opinion on the mini skirt age wise or anything else? 086 658 by WhatsApp or text. I once dated a lady in her early sixties a few years years ago and she wore mini skirts probably 70% of the time. In fact one gentleman walked into a street pole one day. He was admiring her legs so much as he passed by. She's in her 70s now and she tells me she's still wearing the mini at functions round Ireland. Mary Quant would be proud as punch of her and didn't she would. That comes in from BJ in Dundalk. And another one. Hi Jerry and Sinead. I'm 59. I still wear a mini skirt. Legs tanned and a pair of heels you're on the pig's back wow i love it good on you time for this on late lunch great i love tv we watch tv TV Themes with Jerry Kelly on the late lunch remember that tv movie we saw tv 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 Oh, I had to cut it short. Sure, I would have given it to you, wouldn't I? 
I want to know what TV show, it's a children's, is that the theme of, please? My next guest is a solo traveller and I've been really keen to talk to somebody for a long time on this show who does what she does. Because you see, her new book has just been published. It's called Life is a Cycle and there's a clue in the title as well. I'm delighted to welcome Sinead Kennedy to Late Lunch. Good to see you. Good to see you, Jerry. Thanks a million for having me. Not at all. Delighted to have you with us on the show. My oh my, have you seen this planet that we live on you've been absolutely everywhere haven't you I have but unfortunately this year I was supposed to go to Antarctica but unfortunately um, I have a special birthday next week so my big plan was to go to Antarctica but uh, obviously Covid came along and sort of knocked the stuffing out of my piggy bank so um, I think I'm just going to have to wait a few more years for that one but that's my last uh, frontier really that I really want to go and see and do Wow, when you think. And, and the other thing I mentioned, I want to say it again, solo, you know you know what I mean? You've done an awful lot of this by yourself. Did you ever feel disadvantaged or lonely or missing something being on your own? No, quite the opposite, actually. And that's the biggest question I'm always being asked is, you know, oh my gosh, you're so brave. Are you not lonely? And the thing about it is there's 8 billion people on this planet there, thereabouts. It's very hard to be on your own. But I think as well, obviously, the more time you spend on your own, the more used you get to being on your own. But there's so many amazing things out there to see, do, go, experience that you just haven't got a minute. You know, sometimes when I'm travelling solo, I'm like actually trying to hide from people and I'd go sort of find a really nice guest house and just, you know, hide under the covers for an afternoon to get away from people. Were you ever afraid? Did you ever have fear any situation you're in ever when you were in all these far-flung places? No, honestly, the only time I ever ran into problems was in Rathfarnham in Dublin, which is where I live. And I was followed by a guy and that was 200 metres from my own front door. And I have been all over the country or all over the world, even to like six continents. And I have never once been made to feel like that. And that was really upsetting. Um, And that was in my locality. Isn't that just salutary to think about that, that it was on your own doorstep rather than anywhere you've been? This all began back in 2005. And and I quote you, you say in the book, you were juggling too many balls at the time and dropped the whole lot of them. Dropped the whole lot of them. Yeah, well, actually, I was always travelling, even from a young age. I was Mm. very lucky that my parents uh, took us abroad um, early on, you know. So my first trip was age four when I went to Grand Canaria. So very spoiled. Um, And then I did go to Australia on a year's work visa and everything else. And then I came back to Ireland and sort of tried to fit in. And that's Mm. where 2005, that's why the book starts there, because I couldn't fit in. And um, What do you mean you couldn't fit in? So... Um, I guess as well in 2005 I was in my early 30s uh, there's sort of expectations that you put on yourself society puts on on you as well and you sort of I think everybody we're all guilty of buying into that social set So things like uh, are you not married yet have you not got a house are you not settling down these bloody things you know what I mean are you not happy with the job you're doing why do you want to do this that type of stuff is it? Exactly and you know at the time um, in 2005 I, I bought my property in 2003 and you know it was get on the property ladder get on the property ladder and then I ended up on the property ladder and I really was struggling to pay the bills um, because you know it was the height of the boom and all the rest of it and like you said I was just juggling too many balls which I say in my book and I dropped them all and my life was upside down completely and I had to, had a, I had a very big intervention but it, in hindsight it's the best thing that ever happened to me it set you off on this wonderful journey that you tell us all about in this book called Life is a Cycle. And I've been through quite a bit of it in the last couple of days and my oh my, am I impressed. 2007, the cruise liner, fitness <laughs> instructor. Tell us a bit about that. 
Oh, Jerry, stop. I, I, I used to work in catering and hospitality and I absolutely hated it. So one of the first things I did when my life was in crisis, I just said, you know what, I need a whole new career. I just, I've had enough of this. I don't want to do this anymore. I had sort of accidentally ended up in hospitality, never meant to be. And uh, Jane Fonda was my big inspiration, as you saw in the book. She's mentioned quite a few times. And I went off and became a fitness instructor and but unfortunately, I had a mortgage. So the only way I could get to be a fitness instructor and pay the mortgage was to leave the country. So I got this great idea to go work on the cruise ships because uh, it was safe. And, you know, I had food, I had board. I was going going to see the world for free. And also I could just get to like keep fit around the world. But I was very partial to drinking and smoking back then at the time. And I had a, an absolute ball on the cruise ship. And I wasn't much of a fitness instructor. Well, I was. I faked it. I'll be honest with you. But the very first class I ever taught to the general public was on a cruise ship in Singapore. And I didn't know my left from my right. And oh, my God, when I think back, it was the mm. funniest class ever. But I got through it. And you know what? People will do what you ask them to do, which is, you know, people are sheep. So I was there kind of going instead of saying to the left, to the right, I would say to the window or to the sea or, you know, step back towards the machine because I couldn't work out left, right because I was teaching in reverse. So uh, I faked it basically for the first few months. And um, but then I got better. I got into my stride and got more confidence, bought more books. I was watching DVDs downstairs in my cabin and then going upstairs and teaching yoga and uh, sailed around the world. Uh, we had 40 countries, like I was in Brunei one afternoon, uh, you know, just as, as you are, Japan, Korea, uh, South Korea, that is, of course, and um, all kinds of crazy places. And it was just incredible. So I got a brilliant taste of the world again, a brilliant taste of freedom. And most importantly, I was away from the bills. I was away from the mess I had left behind in Ireland. And it just gave me an opportunity to reinvent myself or to become um, I hate to use this expression, but, you know, my authentic self, you know, it's like, but just find out who you are and mm. just leave all the gunk behind. Mm. You mentioned yoga there. I loved uh, ashram in India when you <laughs> went, you know, to really study yoga and uh, learn it. Uh, and, and, and the pa- point where you said that, you know, you were starving at one stage. <laughs> Oh, so I was like Bridget Jones in the ashram. I, honest to God, like, you know, people think ashrams are all, you know, mm. hippy dippy and they are. They're all brown rice and sort of, you know, uh, 5am starts and all the rest. But I was climbing the walls. I was hungry. I couldn't, I just, I just wasn't able for it at the time. But now I would love to go back to one because I'd be well able for yes. it. And by able for it, I mean is, uh, you know, living humbly, uh, being told what to do, um, you know, eating a certain amount of calories a day and that sounds very strict it's not it's just you know we don't need so much food you know we're all very greedy over here so you know it's you know it's kind of going back to basics so at the time I found it incredibly difficult mm. but now I like I jump on a <laughs> I jump on a plane now actually I'm going to be driving past Dublin airport I'm very tempted you'll be gone I, I felt like feeding you as I was reading that part I really my heart went out to you to be honest the Himalayas you got the base camp in Everest but that was a difficult one for you wasn't it um, Everest base camp was difficult it was six months after the earthquake hit Nepal um, which actually was the 25th of April It's um, that's my birthday so I know that date um, and then six months later I was trekking up to Everest base camp um, and unfortunately there was no tourists in the country um, they really had lost their livelihoods because people weren't travelling there the Red Cross was everywhere um, Kathmandu was really busy and it was an amazing city to be in but like all the beautiful monuments had kind of been demolished you know and they were trying to rebuild themselves but up in the actual mountains was very very 
obviously it's the Himalayas, it's remote, but because there wasn't that tourist trail, it was incredibly quiet. Mm. But it was it was stunning. But I suffered dre- dreadfully with the um, altitude sickness. Yes. And like like I my guide in hindsight shouldn't have let me go any further. Like I was vomiting and dizzy and I should have I should have been brought back down off the mountain. Yeah. But um, mm. but I did. I got there, got to Everspace Camp and uh, I met a wonderful uh, Thai person, a Thai gentleman on the trip, uh, Sumet. And actually, I just visited him there in Bangkok in December. Oh, I was passing on you. Bangkok. You we are. keep in touch. So, And that's you, what you do. You actually, you, that's the thing I asked. Did you ever feel alone or that? You have so many friends around the world now that you keep in contact with. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's the amazing thing about this generation. You know, we have Facebook, WhatsApp. You know, mm. we just, you know, I just picked up the phone this morning to my friend in India, you know, and I was chatting away to her. I met her in Myanmar. You, you would have read about her on the hot air balloon uh, that we went in Bagan. And we've been best friends ever since and we chat almost uh, every day mm. uh, or text or do something. And then like that, I have friends in New Zealand, Australia. I have a godchild in Finland um, because I met her mum whilst travelling and we just became really good friends. So now I have a, a godchild in Helsinki. You have a family all over the world. I have to mention Cambodia because you were there <laughs> and you've had a few massages in your life. And in Cambodia, you were mistaken for a sex tourist. I was. Through no fault of my own, I would just like to add before everybody. Yes. um, And I want to add it as well. Yes. (laughs) No fault of yours at all. Um, Yeah, I was having a massage and... and it was funny because I ne- it didn't dawn on me every time. It was so cheap in Cambodia to have massages or pedicures. So every night I would just go have a bit of grub and then I'd have a walk around the market and then I would go and have some sort of treatment. And uh, I never really noticed that every time I had a treatment, it was with a male masseuse or a male therapist or a male pedicure. And I found out one night why, because uh, this young fellow was giving me a massage and he got, uh, I have to watch my words because my mother's listening. She went mad the last time on radio. I, I said uh, I said something. You got a little amorous. I, I, a little amorous. He got a lot amorous. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I, um, I basically had to scold him and tell him off. But, you know, he was only... You know, you have to remember these people are so poor that they have to take every opportunity they can get to earn. Mm. You know, he only wanted $20 for the night, you know, which was yes. pretty good deal. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, um, but you know, that's, that's to, I, I just wasn't expecting it. Normally yeah. like that when I'm traveling solo, I'm mm. looking after my bags or train tickets or, yes. you know, credit cards and looking out for but myself. But you see, you told them you were traveling solo and that was a salutary lesson for you because the next massage, when you were asked, and they asked you, these boys, <laughs> uh, who are you with? You said, my husband's across having a beer in the hotel and there weren't an issue or there wasn't an issue after that. It's true. It's true because, yeah, yeah. I was I was a bit naive. It's funny, you've been all over the world, but yeah, he had asked me who I was traveling with and of course I was banging on about being missing independent and having my own money and I don't need a husband and you know I'm well able to travel solo and then he like yeah literally uh, grabbed parts of my body that he shouldn't have and um, yeah so then I had to learn a lesson pretty and I shouldn't have to say that I'm travelling with a husband but for my own safety yeah absolutely so be it you're you're never in Ireland for Christmas bar a re- relatively recent Christmas when you were madly in love <gasps> Oh, stop. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's a good while ago. That was 2016. Yeah, was a little bit back. And I had to spend another Christmas in Ireland in 2021 because uh, there was a certain pandemic. And of course. The airports were closed and yeah. that killed me more than anything. I couldn't cope with the airport mm. being closed. I but actually took my bike one day and cycled around <laughs> the terminal. <laughs> <laughs> You're some woman, I have to say. You really are. But look, it wasn't for you. You were in love. You say it in the book at oh, the time, yeah, but was... that wore off. Uh, well, it, again, 
I wasn't by my choice, but uh, uh, things didn't work out, unfortunately. So uh, like any good super trooper, I picked myself up, dusted myself off and got on with life again. And that was actually the trip to Cambodia, Myanmar Mm. um, after that experience. Yeah. With all the places you've been, if you were listeners are obviously intrigued by you today and the the travel you've done and especially with your bicycle as well. So cycling is a huge part of your life. Give give them a place that you say you must see. You must put this place on your bucket list to go there. Oh gosh, um, I've been to so many amazing yeah. places. It's okay, a tough so question for you. Yeah, but you know what? Okay, let's start locally, like Europe. Um, the Dolomites in northern Italy, um, practically up. Um, so it's the northeast of Italy. It's practically in Austria. Are beyond stunning. I never mm. saw scenery like it in my life. I was astounded. Now, cycling-wise, it's well, well tough. It's one of the hardest places I've ever cycled. And you've done that. You have. I've done that. But yeah. scenery-wise, absolutely well worth a visit. Stunning. I adore Asia, anywhere in Asia. Um, I'm just really drawn to Asian I culture. I think you were Asian, as you said yourself. You're right. You said in the book you were Asian in another life. Definitely. Had to have been. Must have been, because mm. I just love it. And... You know, one of my places that still hits my top three every time I'm asked is Bolivia. Um, really, it was incredible, but it was a long time ago since I was there. But it was uh, it was like the Wild West, you mm. know, when I was there. It was crazy. Like the um, the chap, the passport official tried to rip me off and tried to uh, tried to bribe me on my way into the country. And it's just crazy. Like it's bonkers. You've it's given been- some lovely suggestions there. I've said, where's next? Oh, I know. Where's next? Um, so in May, I'm actually bringing a group of 30 women to Mallorca to do yoga on the beach. And then for my own personal uh, trip this year, I'm going to cycle in the Pyrenees for my 50th birthday. And I have some amazing friends coming with me. There's 12 of us in total. So we're all going to France to go mad on bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Life is a cycle. And and there's nothing truer. You, you say, you know, that for you, you know, um, I'm not alone. You've that's the biggest lesson probably you've learned, and I, I did put that to you a little bit early on. But the other thing is, you say we've got to all take responsibility for our own happiness. Very much so, yeah. And I think that's what I what I definitely learned in 2005 was the fact that you know you are responsible for your own happiness. You have choices in life, and sure, you have to deal with the hand you were dealt, but at the same time, you don't have to be stuck with it. Um, you know, life is a bit of a poker game. Life is a cycle. And um, and I do think, yeah, change is hard. We all are, are in our comfort zone. But being a victim, being comfortable in unhappiness is probably something that we're being taught at the moment, I feel, by, by sort of social media or by the news, you know, like. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Lose your told, stay here, don't grow, don't... I don't know, I just feel that there's quite a repression out there. Um, and for somebody like me, like, you know, just knowing that the airport was closed, I nearly lost my mind. Like, mm. I just couldn't cope with it. Mm. So um, that was the time that I took my bike to Spain and, and just went cycling for a month. So look, there's ways around everything. You can bend the rules. And I think um, somebody like me just is always going to bend the rules. I'm not going to be caged in. So I am going to always take responsibility for my life. You're fantastic. You really are. You're just uh, an amazing woman. The book is called Life is a Cycle and locally Academy Books, Irene in Academy Books now, have, has the book has the book yep. there uh, and you can pick it up there and it is available widely isn't it at it the moment it is yeah. available widely yeah a lot of um, bike shops and sports shops are stocking it for me in Dublin and I'm just getting it nationwide now it is obviously online as well on my own website SineadyKennedy.com but I'm heading down now to Irene in Academy Books I'll be there at three o'clock so if anyone would like to come and say hello or have a you know get their copy of the book and I'll sign the book and have a chat you know might even have a cup of tea there you go oh well with Irene you will and a coffee and anything else you want as well give her shout there at Academy Books on the south side of Drogheda and I wish you well with the book it's fantastic it is a wonderful story and the uh, journeys in it and the lessons that you pick up from this book life lessons are fantastic well done to you congratulations Sinead Kennedy and thank you so much for thanks. dropping into us on Late Lunch thanks today. for having me Jerry. it's been a pleasure you're welcome Louise are you into roller coasters would you be a roller coaster woman do you like roller coasters uh yeah, I used to love roller coasters, but I don't know. I think it's as I got older, you kind of, you know, you know that you're not invincible anymore. I never liked them. Did you ever. not? Oh well, I know they God. tried to get you on the one. Oh, up in the new one in Taylor, Taylor Park. Park when they put that. And they have more new ones on the way. I shudder. Uh, even when I was in Disney, oh, I did go on a couple of them in Disney and how I ever survived them, I'll never know. I just can't take them at all. But I, I didn't mind them now. I went on a load of them in your Disney. They were well, great. Uh, they're wonderful, but... The big one is the biggest roller coaster in the UK. It's in Blackpool. Yesterday, passengers got stuck at the <laughs> highest point. Can you imagine me being on that roller coaster and imagine being at the needing highest to go point? to the toilet? Ah, well, gravity. <laughs> you know yourself. And the, <laughs> no you won't have loads of popcorn. No, there's no you? one below you. Um, they all got down safely, though. It was never. They did an but, issue. Uh, but I tell you, they had to climb down. Oh. There was okay. no, they didn't get the thing restarted. They had to actually be helped 
down from that massive height right down the track of the coaster. No thanks. I would have died a thousand deaths, to be honest with you. No, not not like heights either. Oh, no, I can't take heights. I actually. (laughs) Oh, no, Louise, I just. Now I'm getting that thing running up and down my spine. You don't clean the gutters, so do you not? I used to. And then they they took the ladder off me at home. (laughs) Why? <laughs> I think it was a wise move. <laughs> I had this big ladder. I used to wear two stories. I used to go up to the top gutter and there'd be below going ballistic. Why? He's going to fall. Oh, he's, he's, he's no doubt about it. He's going to fall. So they took the ladder off me. The ladder suddenly disappeared. You were ladderless. I, I couldn't get up anymore. <laughs> and now, now we just get somebody to clean the gutters, which is probably eminent sense I have to say we're heading to a short break on late lunch grounded and, uh, Jerry uh, yeah I am and I like to be grounded very much so LMFM is adorned with silverware this afternoon yes it is because there's a young man from Dundalk with me now and a legend when it comes to Irish dancing because you see Oshin Lennon is just back from the World Championships in Canada with the trophies and you know her well Mona Roddy the woman who started Skull Rink and Mona Nee Roddy is with me too you're both very welcome to the show congratulations thank you very much thank well done to you you must be so proud of him Mona very proud of him I am absolutely over the moon with him yeah tell us about the success you've had firstly to qualify for the Worlds from your region, and we're Ulster here in this area, you have to qualify from here first, yes? Yeah, you have to qualify out of a good load of lads. You have to just be the best out of the bunch, and that gets you through. And when you qualify from Ulster, are you into the Worlds then? You're in the World Championships? Yeah. Now, over to Canada you go. Who was with you in Canada? Who went? Uh, well, my mum went with me. My uh, my sister and my dad stayed home because it was very expensive to go over. Yeah. And my nana and my two aunties came over as well. Great. Sport. And that was Dervil and Kira, along That's with right. yourself, Mona. That's so right. and they're they're teaching in the school Absolutely. now. Absolutely. The well they are the yes. teachers in the school more so than me now. I tend to take a back view. Um I'm I'm certainly involved very heavily, but um the two girls are the principal teachers now. Mm. And um I'm very, very proud of what they've achieved. Of course. Now, you have a great crew with you, I have to say, with the, 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 the whole lot on there behind you. But the World Championships, give us a feel for that. It's huge. Yes? Yeah, there's there's thousands and thousands of dancers in different age groups and stuff. And there's a boys and girls age group, so it's it's very split and all that. Mm. So it's, yeah. And for Best. you, the category you danced in, tell us, under 18? Yeah. Boys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what did you have to do in terms of the competition? What way does it work? Do you Take us through the process. You dance, you do a dance, or a couple of dances. Yeah, well, you start off your day by doing a jig or a hornpipe, which you're allowed to do, which, yeah. And then you do a reel as well. But you have to do the two dances, and then you have to recall in order to do the set dance. And then after that, you get a result. Mm. So... That's it. And that is the whole competition involved, doing those dances then, and then you wait to see whether you're placed or whatever you get from it. Is that it? Yeah, that's it, it really. Is it's, it in it? Go on, Monia. It's very, it's slightly different for the boys than it is for the girls. Um, for the boys, it's, they dance their first round, their heavy round, their jig or hornpipe, as Oshin said, yeah. uh, three at a time. Yeah. And then they do their light round two at a time. And out of that, out of approximately 60 lads, um, they recall, say, 50% or less. And um, 
that's that's where they do their set dance, which is the dance which they get to do singly on their own on the stage. That's, shall we say, their piece de resistance. And <laughs> then um, then uh, they await, anxiously await a result. With the girls, it's completely different for the past number of years. we The girls have two days. So um, the girls would start off the first uh, day they all dance. Those who have qualified all dance. And out of that, they take back a certain amount to dance the second day. Right. And they do two rounds again on the second day. And then they await anxiously whether they're in the recall for the fifth round, which would be their set dance. So it's completely different for the girls okay, okay. at this point. But you, anyway, are recalled. You do the set dance on your own and then you stand there. You're called, called up. And what way do they announce the placings then? Is it in reverse order to the winner? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they'd announce it on a big board for mm. the, the whole audience before they'd bring them up on stage. And then you'd go up on stage. You'd they'd call your name out, name by name, obviously. And then that's it, really. You get your photo taken and whatever. And you, of course, are down in the final shake-up altogether. You know what I mean? You came in third. Yeah, What an achievement. Were you, were you wondering at that stage if you were going to be called at all? You know, what's going through your mind? Yeah, I was... Uh, well, it's in reverse order, so you're kind of just hoping your name doesn't get called till the last second. <laughs> OK, right. So everyone on the stage is going to get a place. Is that the idea? Yeah, well, if you've recalled, you're definitely yeah, going to get a place. Yeah. Oh, I see. So you knew. So right. So you're hoping you're not going to be called early on, and that it's going to go as late as possible. I see. So there's not people on yeah. the stage who won't be placed at all. I am with you now. So that was great. Then you were going down, 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 and I'm sure you, you know when you heard your name to finish in the top three in the world. It's spectacular result, isn't it? Yeah, I was over the moon to be honest. Uh, once I got to top five, I knew I was coming home with a bit of silverware, so I was just very happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's and all what a hope. bit of silverware you have with you here. Oh, it's yeah. a hell of a trophy, isn't it? It's brilliant, yeah. It's humongous. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about you and dancing. Of course, with this wonderful woman sitting beside you and the family connections, you, you obviously started very young, did you? Yeah, well, I started when I was about six and I. Uh, it's a bit of a love-hate relationship for me, to be honest. I fell out with the sport a lot when I was younger. But... Uh, I love it a lot now. I really enjoy doing it and there's a great environment yeah. to it. And just you get to travel a lot and stuff. Mm. And I'd look to I'd look to get into a dancing show or something when I'm older. So that's the end goal to be honest. Mm. So you came back to it. Isn't that a, a a brilliant thing to think that you went away but here you are back and here you are winning at world championships as well. So you'd love to be part of one of the big dance shows. That's the ultimate aim, is it? Yeah, well, that, that it's really the aim for everyone when it comes to retiring from competitive dancing and stuff. Yeah. But I'd like to be in the main ones, of course, you know, River Dance and something like... Yes. Lord of the Dance, something like uh, all that anyway. So that's the end goal. How are you fixing this under-18 category? Is this your final year in it or do you have another year? No, no, there's plenty of years to go. Uh, there's... Under 19, All 20. All right, so it goes up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it goes. So this, this yeah. is uh, the beginning of something great. Look, tell us, Moan, like you've had so many through Absolutely. your hands over the years. How good is this fella? Ah, he's great. I have to say, <laughs> he's actually dancing in teams since he was six years old. Mm. He, he filled a place for us when we were stuck in Belfast in 2012 when we needed a, a boy for a Cayley team. So he's been dancing in the world championships from he was six years old <laughs> but um yeah his it, it is 
it's it was for a while difficult for him to get to focus on it, but now he seems to be totally focused mm. and he loves it. And he's very musical as well. He's a good piper and and he plays the football as well. So he's kind of a bit of an all rounder, if you like. It's yeah. good to be an all rounder. Yeah, it's good to have is. those different strings to your bow as well. Who do you play ball with? Uh, I've been playing with the PRC now for a couple of years, but I'm, I'm not really as focused on the football. Yeah. Just the way dancing's going and all. Of course. How, how much time do you put into practice for dancing? Every day. Has to be consistent. Every day? Every day. Yeah. Seven days a week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'd aim for it, but I'd have the off day every once in a yeah. while. And how much time in a day? How, how much time-wise? An hour? Two hours? Or? Oh, well, it would range now because we'd have proper dancing like classes which would range from two to three hours sometimes and then I'd go down to my nana's shed every when we don't have class and that could be from an hour to five hours maybe whatever you're saying <laughs> it's some <laughs> commitment isn't it yeah it's a big commitment but look at the rewards like yeah that's tangible that's it's brilliant. here beside you with that beautiful silverware do yeah. you know what I'm thinking about you and boys dance as well you don't have the hair issues Oh, well, I'd <laughs> <laughs> Although I must say, you're looking neat and smart. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But uh, girls have the problem with the wigs and yes, stuff. Yes, that's what I was just saying. You know what I mean? You boys don't have that at all. Was, yeah. Especially when the girls are doing the two days. That's very difficult mm. for them. We had um, 13 dancers travelled. We had 22 qualified. But we had 13 travelled to Montreal. Um, some of them... We had a couple of injuries and we wished them a very speedy recovery. And then we had children doing exams who opted not to travel. Mm. And while we were there, um, Jerry, um, of those 13, unfortunately, Tyke sprained his ankle on stage. And I just I wish him a speedy recovery. And but the other 12 came home with world medals. Fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, 10 of them were finalists and um you know, we're very proud of them all. Uh, like it, it, it was a great, great achievement for yes. them. But it was a very strange one for us because we would um, have taken as many as ten teams to the world last year in Belfast. This year we didn't have any teams, so it was like <laughs> it was a big break for the two girls. They found it very strange, and um, and why you know, was that, Mona? Is it was uh, it the distance expense, and the expense, expense and all that? Well, the Belfast, distance, the expense. Yeah. Montreal is not easy to get to, yes, of and course. Um, and it and it's very very expensive. Mm. So really, hats off to all those who did travel and did do well. I have to say, it was mm. amazing. And you know, when you mention injury, uh, you know, Oshin, it's something you don't really think about in the car. You know, in football, you do, of yeah. course, oh, yeah. but in dancing, it's a real problem yeah. as well when yeah. you get injured yeah yeah oh absolutely he had he had his <laughs> share I've of had it. my fair share of it, to be yeah, honest he's had yeah. his share of I've, yeah. I, I've had shin splints now for a solid two years but they're very like I can maintain them but they're very they're very sore you know what I mean mm. so that's been going alright you also had the pelvic injury as well oh yeah you? I broke my pelvis bone yeah. about a year or two back which was I was out for a long time so that was very uh, annoying so that's physio and recuperation mm, yeah. and all that involved as well. Just yeah. like a professional athlete, mm-hmm. it's the same oh, yeah. thing. You're talking same about the thing, same very thing. Very same thing, yeah. You've had a blip with the dancing show. We're not going to go that road at all no. recently. No. And that Are you over that? Yes. Are you I, well, that? I hope we are. I hope we are the other side of it. I, I feel that um, the dancing itself is a gorgeous art form. And I just hope we can rise above all of that. And yeah just move on with what we do what we love to do and that is to teach dancing and pass on our culture to all 
the kids that are coming up. That's what we would love to do. Yeah. As I said before, that's that's been my life, Jerry. I've yeah. I've um, fifty three years, I think now. So Fantastic. that's that's a long time. It it is. And you know, it, uh, another thing I want to mention is that um, there were uh, it, it. We have a small county here, County Loud, the wee county, but it's mammoth when it comes to Irish dancing. Yes, and we've. There's at least five, six globes here, including um, from north and south of the county. And I want to shout out to Dara Roddy, who won first place under 18. And um, to I I don't want to name the rest of the boys or the wee girl because I'm afraid of making mistakes or leaving somebody out. But I congratulate all of them. All of the winners. All of the winners. And may I congratulate you again today, Oisín, for uh, your wonderful success uh, at the World Championship, Oisín Lennon, and wish you all well. I have to leave it there for today. Thank you for joining me and thanks for bringing in the trophies. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you very much, Jerry. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. (laughs) Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. It's the brilliant Paul Chowdhury today who's talking about pizza problems, flying shenanigans, but first, having nothing growing up. I grew up in the 70s where there was no money. You know you got no money when your family reuse margarine tubs. That's when you know you're skin. You can't believe it's not butter. That's because it's mincemeat in that shit. I got mincemeat on my toast in the morning. My family used to think water was a preservative. Like say there was no uh, soap in the house. Dad, there's no soap in the house. He thought put water into the soap, you get more soap out of it. It's not technically correct, is it? Dad, there's no soap. No, buddy, put water in the soap. Shake the soap. You got more soap. It's war on my hands now. I got homeopathic soap. We used to have fish and chips once a week. There was no ketchup in there. Dad, there's no ketchup. No, buddy, put water in the ketchup. Shake the ketchup. Ketchup. I've got red war on my chips now. I've got soggy chips. I had so much war on my plate, the fish started swimming back again. Family thought if you put stuff in the freezer, it lasts forever. Fresh in the freezer. We used to have stuff that was well past it. It's a freezer, not a time machine. We used to have chicken, fish, dodo. different. That's why I break down barriers. Like, I travel on Virgin Plains now, right? Problem is, when I travel aboard on Virgin Plains, you can phone up your people, tell them when you're arriving at your destination. They've got phones on the planes. Problem is, most of my family speak Punjabi abroad. So when I'm telling them I'm arriving, I've got to tell them in Punjabi. I was on the plane. I was like, on my flight uh, 749, 10 minutes to which land cut up here. The guy next to me shit himself. He phoned up his wife and told him he loved her. <laughs> and he might never see her again. I didn't want to ruin the surprise. I started reading the Quran. I'm not even a Muslim. This country hasn't quite clamped down, even the government, you know? Problems in this country. You get stabbed in this country, they won't find the killers. 
But if you drive down a bus lane, <laughs> they'll take a picture of you in the car and send it to your house within 48 hours. So if you get stabbed, make sure you get stabbed in a bus lane. It's a problem, you know? Even though, like, people don't even wear their seatbelts to the car. Government had this campaign, going to try and help people wear a seatbelt. This guy goes to pick up a pizza. He's not wearing a seatbelt. He crashes a car. Pizza's flipped up all over the place. Pepperami everywhere. He's dead. Second take, he picks up a pizza again, crashes a car. This time he's wearing a seatbelt. Pizza's flipped up all over the place. Pepperami everywhere. But he survives. He says, what have you learned from this video? I'm like, get your pizza delivered. Oh, absolutely brilliant. What a talented man, the brilliant Paul Chowdhury there, bringing us our comedy this Friday afternoon. Thank you to everybody who sent us in nearly 100% correct answers to our TV theme competition this Friday. Let's reprise it. Down a Fraggle Rock? Yeah, Fraggle Rock, of course, is the uh, TV theme this week. Fabulous children's show. Thank you to everybody once again. Our winner today is from Ravensdale in North Loud. Ashling Duffy, well done to you. We'll send a wee prize out in the post to you. Enjoy, and we will bring you another TV theme this day next week, round about the same time. And, of course, we continue this on Late Lunch today. Five, four, three... Two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number one from this very week in 1989. And when I tell you that it came from their third studio album called Everything, which they brought out in 1988, and this single was plucked from it in 1989, it took eight weeks to ascend the top 40 in the UK single chart. Now, when you think about that, that's an awful long time from it was released in January until it made it to the number one spot. And when it made to number one in the UK, it stayed there for four weeks. Yes, our number one in top five countdown this week from 1989 is The Bangles and Eternal Flame. Number one this week, 1989 in our top five countdown. And we'd pick another week for you next week on Late Lunch. Final break of the day in the week. And up next, as is our want each Friday, David Sheehan looks ahead to the sporting weekend. Let's look ahead to weekend sporting action with David Sheehan. Hi, David. How are you, Jerry? Welcome back. Thank you very much indeed. Good to be back with you. Let's start with soccer and the Premier League and the big two, Manchester City and Arsenal. City winning comfortably during the week against Bayern Munich. They're at home to Leicester and Leicester in an absolute mess, David. Home win? Yeah, you would say so. I mean, I was just thinking about this game earlier. A lot of people probably remember that famous win for Leicester at the Eddie had a few years ago, the year they won the league. Um, Sensational game that was. I don't think we're going to have a repeat of it tomorrow at half past five. Yeah, look, Leicester, Dean Smith in as interim manager. Slightly surprising choice, I would have thought, but um, 
he's in to try and steady the ship, but they're in real trouble. I mean, you know, a few weeks ago, you probably thought they would have stayed out of that bottom three, but they're right in it now with Nottingham Forest and Southampton. But yeah, look, City should be winning that one, and I would say they'll probably boost their goal difference a little bit as well. Pressure then on Arsenal on Sunday. They're away, a London derby at the London Stadium against West Ham, who picked up a win last week. And these derbies are always tight old games. Arsenal, I felt, blew it against Liverpool, cruising and then lucky to hold on in the end. The initiative back with City. Will they win on Sunday? Oh, I think they think they will, but they, they have to. I think, yeah, like you said, it was a very strange game last Sunday. The first half an hour, it looked like Arsenal were going to win pulling up and then Liverpool get that sort of softish goal from Arsenal perspective before half time and then as you say Arsenal between the penalty being missed and Aaron Ramsdale pulling off two or three brilliant saves they were absolutely haunted to get away with a point so it was a really strange game um, but yeah look I, I suppose the narrative around this is possibly that like Arsenal will, will bottle it or whatever like Arsenal could could finish the season really really strongly and still not win the league so so good are Manchester City so I think yeah look they, they'll need to be beating the likes of West Ham if they're going to have they're going to have any chance of winning this title um, we know they still have to play Manchester City, but yeah, they, they really need to be winning. It won't be an easy game by any means. West Ham, as you say, won the last day. They're fighting for their lives as well. David Moyes under a little bit of pressure. Um, but yeah, I think Arsenal will win, but I think it'll be tight enough. League of Ireland, no League of Ireland uh, teams from the North East in action tonight, but they are Saturday, Sunday. Let's start Saturday. The showgrounds, draw to travel there. Beats Sligo 1-0 in a great performance here earlier in the season. Lost to Pats on Monday. I was watching and listening to you on Monday night with Paul Crowley. Drogheda were in the game against Pats till the end, despite the fact that they'd only played on the Friday, tough on a part-time outfit and had a number of injuries. But this is not an easy one again. No, it's not. And... Um... Sligo losing to Shelburne. I don't know if you saw the own goal from that game from John Mahan. It was a it was a comedy comedy goal for, from their point of view to concede. So coming off the back of a defeat on Monday night as Drogheda are, as you mentioned there, yeah, a little bit unfortunate. I thought um, they should have probably gone ahead against Pats with that Dylan Grimes chance, and then the, the follow up from from Ryan Brennan, the keeper did well to get down and smother it. But I think Pats were certainly the better team overall on Monday night. But like you said, there they were missing a few players through injury. Evan Weir in particular and Adam Foley is out at the moment. They've also lost Ben Curtis for a while. He's still out. And they were missing Manny Alec-Boyega on Monday night after his red card last Friday against Derry and that brilliant win. So they'll have him back uh, for the game tomorrow night. So they should be a little bit stronger. But it'll depend on whether a couple of those other players like Foley won't be back. But Evan, Evan Weir may be back, which would be a big boost. But I'd give Drogheda every chance of going down there and coming away with at least a point because they're in really good form at the moment. Their tails are up. You know, Kevin and Dara have, have signed really well again. Connor Keeley has been outstanding. So... Uh, I'll be down there myself tomorrow night. It'll be live on lmfm.e in the app. But uh, I think Drogheda will take something from that game. Positive indeed. Sunday afternoon, because of Joe's uh, visit to the northeastern Ireland, it's Dundalk against Derry City. Dundalk now uh, have uh, lost a couple on the bounce. I, I also saw them the night they played Drogheda in Drogheda. And if it was a boxing match, it had been stopped at half-time in Drogheda's favour. They got one shot and goal and they won it. I honestly think this is a very poor Dundalk side. Yeah, you mentioned Joe there. Dundalk have been biding their time in terms of getting a win the last few games. They've lost three in a row and Derry lost two in a row, lost against uh, Drogheda last Friday night and then lost against Bowes on Monday. So Rory Higgins under a little bit of pressure there. And like you said there, I, I'd agree with you in that game against uh, Drogheda. They, they won 1-0. They were probably lucky. A draw probably wouldn't have even been a fair result. They thought Drogheda were much a better team that night. Um, so yeah, Dundalk are, are in a bit of a bad run at the moment. Um, they really need to get something out of this one. Pat Hoobin came on against Cork on Monday night. Uh, which was a bit of a boost to have him back. He's so important for them. When he's not there, they're a different team. He just offers such a threat. So it's going to be a really interesting game. Three o'clock on Sunday, we'll have some of it live on, on the uh, on the radio. It'll be online as well. 
two teams who really need to pick something up. Um, I think Derry will win that game. I think Derry will get back to winning ways. And, and Dundalk, yeah, they're, they're, going to need, they're going to need to start finding some wins from somewhere because they haven't been great lately. So let's see. But I think Derry will get the win there. On to GAA and the championships begin this weekend in hurling. Let's talk about the Christie Ring Cup first. Meath have home advantage on Sunday afternoon, two o'clock against Mayo. Yeah, against Mayo, and I suppose these these first three games that they're going to have in that in that group, they've Mayo, London next, I think, and then Derry. So yeah, look, they need to be they need to be beating Mayo. Mead won Division Two B as we know this year, um, going back up to Division Two A, which was what most people would have expected them to do. I suppose Mayo fourth in Division Three A, so a division below Mead and, and mid table, and well, they're two two divisions below them essentially now with Mead getting promoted. So look, at Mead should be winning that game. They're at they're at home against the Mayo side, who'll be sticky enough opponents, I would say, but you'd have to fancy me to win that one, I suppose, to put, to put it fairly simply. Yeah, and win perhaps all the games in that group stage. The Nicky Rackard Cup, Loud are out in it on Sunday. They travel to Wicklow, two o'clock again, throw in time there. Never an easy place to go, Wicklow. No, never an easy. It's the old, it's the old cliche, isn't it? Red Ockram, Fortress Ockram. I think that's a little overstated over the years, but certainly it's a it's a tricky enough venue for for most teams to go. No one tends to come away with it from, with anything too easy. Um, you know, again, you're looking at the league form. Louds Division Three A played five, won two, lost three. Wicklow in Division Two B finished second in that in that group with Meath, but uh, were pipped by Donegal then in the in the playoff for the final, so they didn't make it through to the final. Donegal did, and obviously Meath won that as we said. So Wicklow operating at a higher level in the league than than Louds. They have home advantage. You would fancy on the, you know, if you were to stick your neck out, you'd say Wicklow to win that one. Again, I think Loud will, will put it up to them, but uh, I think Wicklow will just have enough to come through that one. Camogie, a big day for the Mead uh, girls. Sunday at 12 noon, they're in the, the uh, Division 2A final and carry out the opponents. And they played them, what, only about seven, eight weeks ago? Yeah, they played them already in the league, uh, in the in the divisional game, and uh, Kerry won that one by a goal. But Mead kind of would have been disappointed with how it ended. Like I was listening to Brendan Skeehan's chat with Colm earlier on on the website there, and you know they, he felt that they were in control of that game, and they ended up letting it slip. So it's going to be very tight. Kerry were beaten by Mead in the All Ireland quarter final last year as well, so perhaps a little bit of revenge to be doled out there by the kingdom. Uh, I think they're slight favourites just looking at it. They've delighted Patrice Deegan, or Deegan, who's a very, very good player for them, very experienced. But Meath, as Brendan mentioned when he was chatting the column, you know, they've Amy Gaffney back, Aoife Minogue is back in. She's been playing a bit, a bit of football as well with Mead. So they have plenty of experience. It's going to be in Croke Park. There's a, a fair few kind of younger players in there as well. And, and Brendan mentioned how, you know, he hopes that the, that the occasion doesn't get to them in terms of it being up in, in headquarters. But um, I think it's going to be very close. It's a really hard one to call. As I said, Kerry beat, them by, beat Mead by a goal in the league, but Mead beat Kerry last year in the All-Ireland so uh, I would say it's going to be a tight enough one but it'd be great for me like to, to, to win it and to go back up again you know um, so look at Jerry. I couldn't come on here and, and back against me in a, in a national final so I'm going to say that the Royal Girls are going to do it You're a wise man for sure David Sheehan the Grand National we have to mention is on uh, in Liverpool this weekend as well did you get a tip for that one I know it's not on our agenda to talk about it at all and I, if you ask me about horse racing I love to watch it etc I enjoyed the Irish National the other day and the finish there but uh, it's always a, an event where people have a little flutter David Oh it is yeah and I think um, my mother wouldn't be a, one for, for betting at all but she'd always pick one out she'd have the newspaper out tomorrow and she might <laughs> she might well put one down she's probably listening to this now so uh, Mammy if you're putting anything down throw a few, throw a few quid on for me while you're there but um, yeah I, I actually I can't remember which year it was I think it was a couple of years ago I, I backed uh, the winner I mean we all remember um, 
you know, the Tiger Roll uh, winning a couple of years back and the, the, the Ferrari around that one. So, yeah, look, I almost have a look at it myself and pick out pick out something that's uh, going to be a bit of value. Um, there was a lot of chat this week about it. It was 1993, wasn't it? That was the one that was, that yes. was declared null and void. There were a few interviews with the winning, quote-unquote, winning jockey. Um, and I saw some clips of an interview with Des Lynham where Des was nearly rubbing his nose in it that it wasn't going to stand. Um, but, yeah, I'll have a look at it and put down put down an old bet. But, it's, look, it's always a great day and it's... I've never been over to it, but I know plenty of people who have been, and it sounds like it's uh, it's certainly an enjoyable one. And it's, I suppose, Gary, it's the one that captures the imagination of people who aren't horse racing yeah. fans. You know, you'll have Cheltenham for the for the real diehard racing lovers, and then the Grand National is a little bit of fun for everybody else, I suppose. So yeah, I'll certainly watch it with interest. I'll have another look and pick something out. But if you hear of it, and you know, be sure to let me know. Well, the favourite is Corrock Rambler, uh, Noble Yates is high up in the betting too. Delta Work, uh, Galliard Du Mincil, the uh, French horse there as well, and Annie Second now. I like that name, Annie Second now. Well, I'll just go with that one because I like the name. I put the pin in the paper, David, as is as it's scientific as anything you could do. Annie Second now is my nap anyway uh, for the the national. Let's hope he does it. Anyway, and that's the Walshes there with that one David thanks a million as usual safe journey to Sligo and do join David for Sunday Sport this Sunday afternoon thanks thanks Jerry. take care David Sheehan there presenter of Sunday Sport that's it for another week on Late Lunch thanks to all our guests who joined us during the week thanks to uh, my producer Louise Walsh couldn't do this without her and to you our listeners who uh, join us every afternoon we absolutely love your company we do indeed have a lovely weekend the weather's on the pick up for sure I'm not uh, overstepping the mark saying that it is and thank God for it take care of yourselves Eddie Caffrey's on his way now at the drive here on LMFN Radio and do come back and join us for a brand new week of Late Lunch on Monday at half one. Take care. We'll see you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.